How do you create beef brisket without slaughtering animals? Next on the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast. I'm Pius Wong in Austin, Texas. My guest is Dr. Katie Cam, a scientist and engineer who wants to change the food industry with cultivated meat. That's real meat, just not from animal slaughter. Katie founded her company, BioBQ, to develop cultivated beef brisket, drawing on her Texas roots and love of barbecue. Katie Cam, founder of BioBQ and I'll say expert on cultivated meat, welcome to the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast. Thanks, and thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, not at all. First of all, I know that like everyone is super busy with lots of different things. How are you doing? Uh, yes, I'm super busy. <laughs> I'm managing uh, two businesses right now until I can get full funding for BioBQ. So. And and I know that I officially wanted to talk to you about BioBQ, but could you briefly just introduce yourself and the businesses you're running? Yes. So I'm a civil engineer. I have a master's and PhD in civil engineering. So for uh, almost the last five years, I've been uh, I started and managed my own civil engineering consulting business. So I've been working on everything from land development engineering projects and to some transportation engineering research. And I decided pretty soon after I started the civil engineering consulting business that what I really wanted to get into was the cultivated meat space. So I started BioBQ soon after I started this engineering consulting business. And so I've been managing both for the last few years. And that seems like a shift. I don't know a whole lot of civil engineers who shift to like food products or cultivated meat. Can you tell me a little bit about what inspired your BioBQ company? Sure. Yeah, it's actually, so my background, uh, so I was, I got to engineering a little bit later in life. So my first degree was actually in biology and um, I wanted to do something in the biological chemical sciences at the time, I kind of gravitated more towards sustainability, ecological sustainability, which then eventually led me to community and regional planning. So uh, I went and got a degree in that. So that's it was through the interest in creating more sustainable regions and cities that led me to urban planning. And then once I got involved with urban planning, I became even more interested in civil engineering. But so it's I feel like BioBQ and moving into the cultivated meat space is kind of wrapping up all my education and experience of the last 25 years. And mm. so my interest in biology and chemistry and ecology and sustainability and um, and then bringing in that engineering knowledge definitely helps inform and make sense to me uh, that I would bring that all together as the founder of BioBQ. Yeah, no, I, I get it because it's, it's a huge task, I think. Well, I guess we should back up a little bit. What is cultivated meat? I've been using that phrase, but some people might not know. How do you introduce that? Yeah, and it's it's gone by several names. So for a while, it was being called lab meat. Um, sometimes it's called cultured meat or cultivated meat. Um, usually, it seems to have settled on either cultured or cultivated meat. Uh, but basically, it's the idea that you take um, muscle and fat cells from an animal through a biopsy very small biopsy. And then um, those cells can go through one of two paths. One is you just keep growing uh, what are called the muscle stem cells and the fat stem cells of the preodipocytes that um, can continue to grow in the lab and you grow enough to where you can recreate meat. Um, and there's another line, uh, cell line that can be created where um, 
the cells can just keep growing and growing and growing uh, and you don't have to go back for a biopsy later. Uh, but regardless of the two paths, the idea is that you have these cells growing um, in a bioreactor and then there's a split in the process. So if you want to make ground meat like hamburger meat or chicken nuggets, then your focus is on growing as many cells as possible. And companies that are focused on that are taking the approach right now of, well, let's grow some cells and then mix it in with some plant-based fillers. So it's kind of like a combination plant-based meat with some cultured cells mixed in with it. Mm -hmm. That's going to be what's gone to market first. Um, And I'm sure eventually it'll be 100% ground meat um, on the market. And then the other path is to go the route of creating whole cuts of meat. So that's like your steak and your ribs and your brisket, but it's not ground up. It has a very distinctive look and texture. And so that requires more specialization in equipment and equipment and how you can train the cells to grow into what we recognize as a whole cut of meat. And that's what you focus on, right? At BioBQ? Yes. Okay. Yes. Our focus is on the whole cuts of meat with structure. And how far along are we in this technology? We know that there's several companies looking at it. That first technology, the ground meats, is that already out there? Can, can Is it out there and I don't know about it? Yeah. So there's a, a company that uh, they're called Just, and I think they they have several names. Um, <laughs> I think they call themselves Eat Just in Singapore, but they've been mm-hmm. selling chicken nuggets that are that mix, that hybrid I was talking about, that's a mix of plant-based filler and cultured chicken cells in Singapore for at least, I think it's been the last couple of years. So there's a restaurant there where you can eat. I can't remember how much it was. I think it was like $30 for chicken nuggets or something. (laughs) So uh, yeah, (laughs) so you can, you can eat those there. Um, And then recently in November of 2022, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, Uh, issued a no questions asked, which means they felt like um, all their questions had been answered by the company. But Upside Foods had um, received that, we say approval, it's not technically approval, it's just basically no questions asked or no more further questions Mm -hmm. uh, for them to start selling their ground cultured meat product in the U.S. So um, I don't think that's on the market yet, uh, but they've built their production facility to get that out to market soon. Wow. So it's still pretty early, even though there's a lot of research on it. And I guess for your space, for like the brisket, and we're in Austin, Texas, right? So that's that's mm-hmm. huge. Um, mm-hmm. How far along is that technology? Yeah. So we've been able to create what we uh, refer to as a brisket bite, and my co-founder has eaten it. Um, I'm not going to be the best taste tester of meat because I have not eaten meat in over 20 years. So my co-founder mm-hmm. who does eat meat as our first taste tester, um, I'm sure if I put meat in my mouth, I'd be like, I don't remember what this is supposed to taste like. So she does that for me. Um, so yeah. And, uh, so it was a whole cut of muscles. So our technology, what we do is we grow cells on a scaffold that we can remove. And the scaffold is basically just a way to support the muscle cells, to grow in a certain way. Um, Mm -hmm. The cool thing about muscle cells is they're very responsive to what they're growing on. So the scaffold cues them to grow in alignment, which is what you expect muscle cells to grow. Like if you look at muscle cells, they're growing parallel to each other all in alignment. And so we create these cell sheets and these sheets of cells, we can then construct the meat 
Um, so if you look at brisket, it has a very distinctive look. It has muscle bundles that have a distinctive meat grain or running parallel. And then there's the fat in between those muscle bundles. So we are literally constructing meat with these cell sheets that we produce. Yeah, not to cut in too much, but as you describe all this, it does definitely make clear the different engineering disciplines also involved in this, not just biology. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hearing mechanical engineering as well as chemical and all this stuff. You mentioned your uh, your business partner, Dr. Is it Dr. Janet Zoldan? Yes. Is, mm -hmm. is, is she also from an engineering background or a science background? Yeah. So um, she has an undergrad in chemistry and then a master's and PhD in material science and engineering. And yeah. then she did a postdoc in bioengineering. So that's where she gained her skills and knowledge in stem cells and tissue engineering. That's so interesting. You've already answered a lot of questions about what is cool about it, but some people might see this as controversial. How would you address the many different things that people are wondering? It's so new. You talked about the taste, for example. It, mm -hmm. Does the taste match up or is it really better for the environment, for example, than animals? Or is it really vegan? All these questions. How do you address these questions, I guess? Yeah, it's it's been interesting bringing this topic up with just, you know, friends and family and strangers and, and getting the perceptions of it. So, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'll get people saying, oh, this is artificial meat or freaking meat, or they somehow feel like this isn't natural. And so I really have to emphasize that it's very natural. We're, we're taking the cells that naturally grow within the animal and just continuing to grow them outside the animal through a supportive, you know, process and bioreactor system. Um, so it, there's nothing artificial about the actual cells. We're, we've literally mm -hmm. taken something from a live animal and keeping that alive. And so that's one thing that I've encountered and try to address. And yeah, there's all, there's, you know, the vegan conversation has been super interesting because I'm, I'm vegan. And mm. of course I have no problem with culture meat because I've started this business, but I've certainly met vegans that have concerns. Like they, they have in their mind that we shouldn't even have in the human mindset that it's okay to eat animals, even if the animal doesn't have to be slaughtered for this meat. So in this case, like the reason I wanted culture and meat to exist and why I want to be a part of making it exist is because I feel like after, you know, I've been vegetarian or, you know, vegetarian for the first 10 years and then vegan after that, that it's really hard to convince people to cut meat out of their diet and to go to a purely plant-based diet. So I feel like this is the win-win situation to help, you know, end animal slaughter and provide the meat that a lot of people don't mm -hmm. want to give up, you know, even if they are concerned about animal welfare or the environmental impacts of meat, they still like the taste of meat. And so um, I feel like that's why this is a critical product to bring to market. Um, yeah. So some other issues that might come up is like there'd be concerns about whether it's genetically modified or the environmental impacts are indeed uh, something that also come up. And the point mm -hmm. I make with environmental impacts is here in Texas, you know, you have cattle that are grown on ranches throughout the state and those cattle are taken to auction houses or taken directly to the um, major concentrated animal feed operations that are mostly located in the panhandle. So you have all this trucking of cattle going across the state and then you have the issues of these 
you know, all these animals concentrated in one location and then they're slaughtered. And then that meat then has to be transported back to the cities um, where the meat demand is. And with culture meat, you cut all that out. You cut all that inefficiency out of all that transportation, moving around of cattle. Um, and you just have meat produced in the cities where the demand is. So you have facilities where you grow the meat and just distribute it within the cities. So for BioBQ, we envision having meat production facilities in every major Texas city and even the smaller ones. And so the meat is made right there in the city that you live in. Yeah, it sounds like there is so much potential. And so then what what roadblocks are there at this point in 2023? Well, um, it was really good news to see that the federal, yeah, the federal uh, FDA, the Food and Drug Administration agency, gave the green light to Upside Foods to start uh, marketing and selling their cultured ground meat or cultivated ground meat. We feel like that that isn't really going to be a roadblock in terms of okay, FDA knows that this is the future. They've already put in place a way to you know evaluate these. So. Um, we're excited about that. We're excited about continuing to work with the FDA on this. Um, the biggest roadblock for us right now is finding investors that really can see that we are making science fiction reality, that they can believe that we can bring whole cuts of meat like beef brisket to market. Um, and so we have the small prototypes and we're confident and based on what we learned from developing the prototypes that we can make the full size brisket, but it's just like, they, they just want to keep seeing more and more progress uh, before they feel confident enough to invest in it. So as for myself, I'm having to bootstrap this or pay for it myself to make it happen. And so we really need uh, investors to step up and invest in this and see it as a huge investment opportunity to disrupt the, the meat industry and bring cultivated beef brisket to market. Making me think of a couple things. One, that being in Austin kind of is a perfect place for your business because of the interest in both meat and vegan food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wonder if you face opposition from, say, the more traditional industries, the meat industry, or other folks who are like, maybe this is, I don't know, going against their bottom line. Is that Yeah, it's you been see? really interesting. So there are big players in the meat industry like Tyson and Cargill um, that actually see cultured or cultivated meat as part of their future as well. And they've actually invested in a few cultured meat companies. Um, And especially Tyson has rethought what they are as a company and they see themselves more as a protein company as opposed to a slaughtered meat company, which I think is just a great move on their part. And it'd be nice to see all the meat companies, you know, all the companies that currently make money off slaughtered meat or slaughtering animals to rethink themselves as, okay, let's think of ourselves as a protein company. It doesn't matter where that protein comes from. We're just here to provide meat, whether it's plant-based meat or cultivated meat or, or slaughtered meat. Um, so I think that's a, a move that all those businesses should make. And there's some that are leading the way on that. Um, so yeah, it's been interesting. So I wouldn't necessarily, there's been opposition. There's actually been like, oh, that's actually a cool idea. <laughs> we could bring that into our business operations. Um, yes. And I've definitely wondered about that, like being in Texas, I grew up here and I've done, you know, I've actually did some research a few years ago that involved working with the Cattle Ranchers Association and just getting to really understand 
the Texas cattle ranching culture and business operations. And so I was a little bit worried about, you know, if there would be opposition. But so far, it's been, I've, I've, I've found people that are just really curious about this. And um, I've actually worked with a cattle rancher right now for getting access to, you know, cattle to get the muscle and fat cells from, you know, small biopsies. And I've talked to another cattle rancher in North Texas that, just sees that, you know, the future, it's not, as the population continues to increase and demand for meat continues to increase, it's just not a sustainable model to rely Mm -hmm. completely on slaughtered meat. So they're starting to see that culture meat is the way to go. So, yeah. And I think there's a, there's an organization here in Texas and there's another one in the Netherlands and there's probably more out there, but um, there's some organizations that, want to not make this uh, this transition from slaughter meat to culture meat necessarily be one of animosity or, you know, a, a battle of which one will win, but more of like helping cattle ranchers uh, with a transition of like, okay, if we start to see that culture meat is taking over and displacing slaughtered meat, well, how can we help cattle ranchers transition to that new new food economy and what else could they do with their land? What else could they do with the cattle? And so, um, yeah, those discussions are going on. That's super interesting. I had no idea, but it totally mirrors other industries that, that face disruption to keep on using that word, like the tech industry or, um, energy companies and and renewable energy, that kind of thing. So it's, Mm -hmm. that's really cool to see it. We're seeing it like live at the very early stages. Yes. Um, (laughs) You mentioned uh, growing up in Austin. You talked about your original interests in biology. Do you mind talking a little bit about what inspired you, just to shift gears, what inspired you to just be interested in science in general and that whole process of of finding things out and creating new things? Oh, yeah. I have, yeah, I've always been super interested in science. I remember and I was, it became super obvious in, in middle school and I just loved science fairs and this idea that you ask questions and you go out and figure out a way to, you know, answer the question in a way that makes sense and can provide a solid response to that. So I definitely, for whatever reason, in middle school, that really took off for me. And I held on to that um, throughout high school and continued to, you know, do science fairs and, you know, take as many science and math classes as I could in high school. And of course, just continued that on through to college. So yeah, it's just, I think just having this inherent just curiosity about the world and really wanting to know more and realizing there's so much that we don't know. There's just so much that needs to be explored. And so much of that exploration can help the world, can help people, can help create a more sustainable world. And so that's it's definitely a huge motivation for being interested in the field. Yeah. Thanks, Katie, because that helps me kind of put together the through line because you do have a lot of experience in different fields, but I guess that's the common thread that links it all, the biology, the engineering, the different businesses that you kind of just want to stay curious and help people. Is that accurate? Yeah, for sure. And tackling these questions requires an interdisciplinary approach, right? Like you, you Mm -hmm. can't just you know, you can't just be a biologist working on culture meat. It's bringing in so many different disciplines to to solve this problem. Um, and so being able to 
look at a problem comprehensively from different disciplines is a great vantage point to be at. So it's it's definitely one of those things where you don't have to be like, oh, I love biology. This is the only thing I can study in order to be in this field. It's We need everyone involved from electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, chemical, you know, it's chemists. Um, and then even if you're not inclined to go towards science and engineering, we need people like in marketing and to help us understand how do we, like you were asking me earlier, how do we convince people to eat cultured meat? (laughs) Yeah, no, the the name, I guess marketers have to, I don't know that cultured meat or cultivated meat necessarily sounds tasty to me, but but it's better than slaughtered meat, right? So in fact, you answered the question I was going to ask that I was already thinking. People who are listening now, they're mostly educators, uh, educators of young people, mm-hmm. and maybe people want to work in this industry. And so it made me think, huh, how do you even get started? Do you have to have that biology degree? But you even mentioned electrical engineering, right? So how does one aim to work in this field? Do you just study anything you want and then just find an internship or something? Or It's a tough question to ask, but how would you gear a career towards modernizing the meat industry? Yeah, I would say um, I found this to be the case in every field I've worked in is the first thing to do is to get plugged into the community that's working on it. So um, I would say start going to conferences, start, you know, building a LinkedIn profile and reaching out to connections to those that are involved in the cultured meat space and start getting your name known in the community. And, you know, there's lots of great news articles and updates that are provided through LinkedIn and Twitter, um, what's going on with cultured meat space. And so I would say that's definitely do that. You can't just like go off in a corner and study biology and then pop out and be like, okay, I'm ready. I would say get integrated into the culture and meat community as soon as possible. Um, And that will also help reveal the wide variety of jobs and opportunities to help the the space out. Um, So there are culture meat companies that are starting to hire and they're posting their job postings online. So you can take a look at those to see what might be of interest and you know, as for me, myself, I have five college degrees and give yourself permission to be, okay, I got this degree first, but now I'm more interested in, in this side of it. So just realize that, okay, if you get one degree and you're like, okay, well, I got this, but I'm more interested now in working on this other aspect, then be open to that flexibility and, and learning. And of course, as we talked about before this call, it could be possible to do that without having to go get another degree, but just getting training and finding a mentor to help make that shift happen as possible. But yeah, I would say at this point, any degree will work in terms of uh, being able to have some type of role in the culture of meat space. Very cool. Very cool. You're making me think when you said, yeah, be part of the community. I didn't even realize that there is a community of people interested in this, but I guess that makes sense. It reminded me that I first met you basically here in Austin, connections through the University of Texas and South by Southwest. Are there particular locations where you think it's easier to find people interested in cultured meat? Yeah. So there's two organizations that I want to point out as being major advocates for the culture meat space, and that's the Good Food Institute 
and New Harvest. So I would say definitely get plugged into those two groups. Um, I would say the most active location is going to be online. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, it's, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter are great. And then um, GFI has a huge, both GFI and New Harvest have uh, incredible resources online to understand what's going on in the space to get more technical knowledge as well as just an understanding of the business and psychology and marketing behind it. Um, So those are two great organizations to get connected with. And then in terms of like where this is happening, so San Francisco uh, has had several and the Bay Areas had several culture meat companies start there. And that was partially because there was an incubator program there called IndieBio that supported um, a few of the culture meat companies. And it just has more of a biotech orientation up there. So you have there. In Austin, we don't have a very big biotech community. And so as far as I know, BioBQ is the only culture meat company in Texas. And there's some growth of culture meat companies on the East Coast, uh, apparently in like the North Carolina Research Triangle area. There have been some that have started there. So it's very localized. And I would say those two areas, the San Francisco Bay Area and, and the Triangle uh, but then you do have companies like myself, like BioBQ here in Austin, Texas, that, you know, are somewhere in the U.S. And then the other culture meat companies are in other countries. So there's mm-hmm. been several that formed in Israel. Um, there's um, at least one, probably two in Australia. Uh, there's a couple in Africa. Um, those are interesting. One of them's focusing on culturing game meat as a way to prevent the hunting of Hmm. African animals there. So, um, yeah, there's, there's just a wide variety of, um, culture meat companies that are focused on particular, um, species of animals and they're scattered around the world. Very cool. And how can people find out more about BioBQ and everything that you're doing? Yeah. So, uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, um, Katie Cam, PhD, PE, that's, my title on LinkedIn. You can also find BioBQ on LinkedIn, and that's where I'll post updates on what we're doing. Uh, there's also a website um, called BioBQing. Uh, for some reason, BioBQ domain was taken, uh, wasn't used for anything, so I had to add the mm-hmm. ing to it. So it's uh, biobqing.com. And yeah, I would say those would be the, the places to stay updated. All right. Thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate your time. And um, I I wish you luck with these endeavors. I'm going to follow up with uh, your progress. Okay, great. Thank you. That was Dr. Katie Cam, civil engineer, biologist, and founder of BioBQ. Check the show notes for links to Katie's company and to other cool stuff that came up in the talk. You can also visit the podcast website, k12engineering.net. The K12 Engineering Education Podcast is produced by my indie studio, Pios Labs, in Austin, Texas. Pios Labs fosters growth in engineering and education through edtech, digital media, games, and professional development. Follow Pios Labs everywhere to stay updated. That's P-I-O-S-L-A-B-S. Hey, listener, it's been years. Have you reviewed this show on your podcast platforms yet? Do it now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Share the show, 
Support the show on Patreon. All that helps me keep this stuff on the internet. You can donate via Patreon if you visit patreon.com slash Labs. To the special, wonderful, beautiful people already donating on Patreon, I truly appreciate your support for this years-long project. Thank you so much. Okay, I am out until I can fit in time to talk to more awesome people in engineering and education. Take care. <laughs>